Hi there, welcome to this webinar on using LinkedIn as a researcher and looking at some of the ways that you can make it work for you, whether that be to look for work or to look for industry partners. My name is Dr. Richard Heisbens and I'll be going through this today for you all. Uh, so these are the ways you can get in touch with me, obviously LinkedIn, given we're talking about it, I'd love if you connect with me there. I'm also on Twitter, Instagram, and you can get in touch with me the conventional ways via my website and uh, email or phone. I've got a number of programs that relate to LinkedIn and how you might use it, uh, which I'll get to sort of offers at the end of this webinar. But um, suffice to say that there are workshops, I can come to your university or your institute and do some training, I can work with you one-on-one uh, -on -one to help you implement some of these strategies, perhaps in the broader context of career development or getting industry partners. The other thing that I do tend to do is talk relatively quickly. So if you um, see something and you want me to stop or pause, let me know and I will uh, do that for you. Sonali, are you there? Yeah. Hello, can you hear me? Hello? Oh, cool, I can hear you now. I couldn't ah. hear you before, sorry. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, I'm here. Awesome. It's just you and me at the moment, but that's no uh -huh. problem. Yeah. No worries. So for this webinar, uh, Most of the content in here is my content. However, there is content from other people. As with all the webinars, I'm happy if you share the information as you see fit, as long as you appropriately attribute that information to me. So if you're sharing it on social media, please make sure you tag me or the other relevant bodies in there. A little bit of a background about me. I started out as a PhD student in biochemistry and molecular biology and ultimately decided to change that uh, lab coat for a suit coat. And now I'm a career coach and I help researchers, PhD students, academics, etc. that I help them work out um, or answer the question, what next? And that can look different to different people. Sometimes it's working with them on proposals. Sometimes it's working with them to write grants, but ultimately it's all about working out what it is they have to say or what they want to say and what their potential partners might be interested in. And so from the perspective of LinkedIn, that makes uh, really good sense, particularly when you think about the type of audience you might have. Uh, Sanal, uh, is there anything that you were hoping to get out of today? You might need to unmute yourself. Hello? Yeah. Yeah. So what were you yeah. hoping to get out of today, Sanal? Uh, yeah. So I have been in and out now. I've started like posting a lot of things like I do, like not on a daily basis, but say twice a week. Yes. And I just want to know if I'm doing it correct. Yeah, like, sure. To, uh, attract attention from correct group of people. People. Yeah. yeah. And then get noticed. Uh, and tell them more about what I'm doing indirectly. Sure. And yeah, just get noticed. So it's been working okay until now because I'm getting requests uh, from people who are working in similar fields. And yeah. then, yeah, 
So yeah, I've been doing it, but I need to, uh, I think, increase so, uh, like maybe quality content both. And yeah. yeah, so just looking forward to do that and how to sure. do that. Yeah. 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 So I can address some of those right now and then there might be some questions that you ask later on in this. Um, but certainly in terms of quality or quantity, mm-hmm. there's a really interesting study that suggests or that looked at this. So one group of people was given a task and said, your task is to produce the highest quality output possible. I don't yeah. care how many of X or Y you produce, but it has to be quality. The yeah. other group was given the task of producing of as many outputs as possible. And the group that was given the task of producing quantity or quality ended up producing a much higher quality output in the end so it was the practice that led them to create the quality so sometimes we have to pursue quantity even though what we're after is quality hi nikista uh we're just asking what it is that you're hoping to get out of today's session yeah um hi i'm not sure if you can hear me can you hear me i sure can oh hi how are you yeah, I just want to know how I can approach uh, perhaps at this stage uh, maybe people that are hiring. Yes. And I just, how can I communicate with them that I don't come across needy? Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but I just sort of like um, basically what's the best way to um, show um, what I'm capable of or okay. sell myself basically. Yeah. Sure. Um, so if we look at the, you should be able to see a slide on screen now that has three parts to it, a computer, a bag of money and a cartoon. Um, so essentially the job, the job getting part, even getting partners is to post the content that is, that fits with what you want to say. So fits with the kind of role that you want to ultimately occupy. Um, and thus the people that are interested in that information, that content, that expertise, they will naturally gravitate to it. So by default, it'll be relevant to them. But no one's looking for anyone who's looking for work. Does that make sense? No one's searching into Google. Um, I need an expert in, I I need someone who's looking for work and is an expert in molecular biology. They're just looking for the molecular biology expert and then they'll make an approach. So some of the answer to your question is come across as the expert in the field that you want to be employed in. Sure. So does that mean that I need to um, tweak my profile? It might do. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have a look. I'll go through some background around social media in a minute, and then we'll have a look at different elements of the profile and some of the bits that tend to be more important from a LinkedIn algorithm perspective, but also from a findability perspective as well. Sure. Cool. Okay. So just a quick bit of background. So I've gone through a lot of background around social media in previous webinars. So if you want to have a look at more in-depth background, go and check out the webinars on Twitter or, or about Facebook, but certainly LinkedIn's one of the oldest, if not the oldest social media platform, but it's only really coming into its for now. And if you're listening to commentators such as Gary Vaynerchuk or Gary V, he is um, all about LinkedIn. And a lot of people now are using LinkedIn as a way of, as the next big social media platform. And I guess that's yet to play out. In, from a data perspective, but certainly if you're watching the social media space, LinkedIn is um, getting a lot of traction 
about its potential. But it's mainly to do with um, the way that Twitter, Facebook and Instagram in particular have modified their algorithms. So what people call organic reach on those three platforms is limited, whereas organic reach on LinkedIn at this point doesn't seem to have been limited yet. And it may well change in the future. So organic reach is essentially the ability for a post that you put up to reach lots of people without having to pay for that reach. Feel free either of you to interrupt as we go along. Uh, in terms of internet users, and I think this is really important, the majority of internet users are in Asia. And that's going to be useful when I show you a stat later on about the value of LinkedIn. But in terms of the most popular media, so popular social media platforms, LinkedIn is way down the list with about 300 million active users. Um, there are more than that many users registered. There's over 500 million users registered, but 300 million of the, the number that is uh, considered active. In terms of when and where we socially network, so mostly we do it in the evening in Australia. This is data from census, S-E-N-S-I-S. -S. So in going back to your question, Nikisa, and even yours as well, Sanal, about what to post and when to post, um, stuff that, that you'll be posting in the evening may get more traction, um, depending on how the algorithm um, displays your content to other people but also knowing where people are in the evening and in the morning is important as well so we're probably in first thing in the morning we're probably at home not yet at work and same within the evening uh, but that might mean we want to consume the content quietly so it has to be something that can be read rather than listened to potentially um, right yeah um, in terms of why we need to be on LinkedIn, I think you know both of you already are, but people trust a brand and increasingly individuals are considered brands. Uh, people trust a brand that interacts positively on social media. So from an individual perspective, this means things such as liking other people's posts, commenting positively on other people's posts. And it also means if someone comments on a post that you share or comments on one of your comments or comments on a post that you create, that you generally respond to that. It's a bit, it's a conversation essentially. So if someone says, I really liked what you said here, at the very least, you would thank them for their comment, you know, as you would in a conversation. If they told you, oh, I like your opinion, you would say, thank you. Okay. In terms of um, the likelihood of business seeing your content on LinkedIn, so small businesses own roughly half, small and medium businesses are on LinkedIn. Whereas, um, sorry, social media presence, I should say, um, whereas large businesses are more prevalent on LinkedIn, on social media. So you can expect this, the same information, not just to be on social media in general, but on um, LinkedIn specifically. So the kinds of companies that you might expect to find and might be looking for employees on LinkedIn are probably going to be larger businesses rather than smaller ones. In terms of how on the left Americans access social media via their cell phone, via their mobile phone. Most are using things like YouTube and Facebook and everything else is way behind Instagram, Pinterest, Snapchat, all in the 20 and 30% of people using it on their mobile phone. Uh, in Australia, the figure on the right hand side, this is the number of people who are on social media 
and say that they're on each of these individual um, sites. So you can see LinkedIn is lower down the list at 18%. Um, I expect that that will be a different number for next year's data. And in terms of the intersections of what social media platforms were on, this is useful to know as well that most people that use Facebook are also on LinkedIn. You can see that uh, down the bottom here. Oops. Um, just there. Um, and you can see that, that the relationship between, if you're on, um, if you're on Twitter, um, only 40% are on LinkedIn, but if you're on LinkedIn, you 50% are on Twitter. So there's a bit of a difference, but so some people use some platforms more than others. It's just useful to know that particularly when you're posting content and if you start posting content to multiple channels, that the likelihood of hitting the same person or the same follower on multiple channels increases. But having said that, like I said, the algorithms across these different platforms mean that they might be more likely to see your LinkedIn content than they would be to see your Instagram, Facebook or Twitter content. So why do I think LinkedIn is so good and why do I think it's better than Facebook, Twitter or Instagram for finding work and finding collaborators? Uh, the first is that it's well spread across the world. Like I said, there's um, now there's over 500 million registered members and they're in every country in the world. And you can see there um, in the sort of the top right there that China has LinkedIn and so does India. And if you remember the stat before that, the, that nearly 50% of all internet users are in Asia, yet at this point only 39 million and 26 million respectively for India and China are actually on um, LinkedIn. So there's a massive amount of growth there. So if you're interested in connecting with those parts of the world, one, there'll be growth there Two, um, LinkedIn gets access to those areas. So some social media, particularly Twitter and Facebook, uh, you can't really get into China completely. There's, you know, the great internet wall of China, or the great firewall of China that prevents that. Whereas that's not the case for LinkedIn. The other thing that you can do with LinkedIn that doesn't happen as well with the other channels is you can translate your profile into other languages and LinkedIn will do that natively. You can ask for it to be translated. So you might be proficient in multiple languages or, and you'd like your profile to be translated into those languages and that can be done. Or you might be interested in getting work in a country that doesn't have English as its first language. Again, you can do, do that with LinkedIn as well. So if that appeals to you or if you wanna work overseas in a country that doesn't speak English as its first language, then you might want to consider having your profile translated into another language. Um, so these are just some of the stats around the usage of LinkedIn. Um, one of the things I think is worth notice, noticing is this bottom stat here. Only 1 million people have um, published posts on LinkedIn relative to the 500 million users that are there. So people who are producing content for LinkedIn are far more likely to be noticed because obviously you need to have content produced by someone and thus publishing posts is one of the ways to do that. So I highly recommend publishing posts and certainly Sanal, I've seen your posts, um, Nikisa, your posts, if you're doing them, I haven't seen them in my feed. Of course, that doesn't mean you're not doing it. I just haven't seen anything. Right. Yeah. I should do more. <laughs> Potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, 
So in terms of what, so this, some of this work has been developed with a colleague of mine, Jane Anderson, who's a personal branding expert. And so we looked at um, what we felt were some of the things that you needed to do as a person on LinkedIn. And so most people, so we think the threshold firstly is to have an account. So you can see this here between levels two and three, a lot of people focus on basically building their account as a resume. So here's a list of everything I've ever done as it relates to work. But what we want people to be at is these level four, five, six and seven where people are starting first of all positioned is about having an account that actually portrays what it is that you want to do and then being more active influence or you know a ninja on the platform is getting people to do what you want to do the way you want them to do it so obviously there's not enough time to go through all of these things and what you need to do at each level today but if you were to um, join up for a program or, or take up the offer uh, at the end of this, you could potentially um, achieve that kind of outcome or get the information to achieve that kind of outcome. In terms of what I think it's possible to do on LinkedIn, uh, you can position yourself well to be an expert in something. You can use LinkedIn to get partners for your work and you can use LinkedIn to get projects. So the positioning piece could be positioning for a job or just generally positioning as an expert in your field, particularly if you're looking to get either partners or projects is in all of these things basically it's it's a bit like a shopping center where you can go in and have a look at who's got what for sale or who's the expert in whatever and so like a shopping center if your products aren't available or if you don't have a store then you can't be found so obviously and the equivalent in linkedin is to have a profile that is somewhat engaging and also to have information in your profile that's relevant to the person that you hope is looking at your profile. And that brings us to the second point, which is that generally people look at social media a bit like a mirror insofar as they want to see themselves back in your profile. So they want to see the kinds of things that are important to them in your profile. So that could be, um, uh, a certain skill set that could be a certain experience set that could be um, it mentions their role or their position or their organization by name all of these things people want familiarity in the profile when they read it and so if you can create that then that will help engage people so that might be for example saying in your summary section which is the probably the major section in your LinkedIn profile it might be writing something like I work with managers or I work with PhD students or I work with research um, managers or I work with research administrators. And so people can see, oh yeah, I'm a manager or I'm a PhD student or I'm an early career researcher. So that's what I mean by that mirror or the reflection of um, the seeker in the profile. Right. In that respect, LinkedIn's a lot like a, um, a search engine in that people you know use it to find stuff and so that means that you need to create your profile and create your posts in a way th that encourages people to find you in a way that you want to be found so for example if you want to be known as the expert in um i don't know what's a good example um nikisa what are you hoping to be found for um well, I'm a neuroscientist, so cool. um, yeah. 
so if you want to be known as an expert in neuroscience and let's say an expert in in brain imaging within neuroscience you'd want to make sure that those words were in your profile that you understood that people might use other words to look for neuroscientists so they might use use brain researcher or brain or researcher or science or scientist uh, and if imaging was important as well they might use mri they might use magnetic resonance imaging they might use image imaging etc and so when you made posts and when you designed your profile if you were interested in those things you'd make sure that those words were in your profile so that when people started looking for you and looking for con not you sorry when they started looking for an expert in neuroscience then they could find you okay yep. yeah and the same for you, Sonal, you need to come up with a list of key words that relate to the area that you're interested in, in working in or being known for and use them in your content that you create. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So as an example of positioning and how this might play out in real life, so we did some work with um, the Royal District Nursing Service who are now called... Um, Oh, their name escapes me. They've rebranded, but at the time they were called Re Royal District Nursing Service. So we work with them to build their LinkedIn profile. And following that, a few of their researchers were contacted by mining companies. And one of the reasons was that they had, they were focused on uh, falls prevention and care following a fall, but specifically care at a distance. So if you're a mining company, having people fall in your mind might be something that is that you don't want to happen, but you're also probably got your minds well away from any major hospital or major healthcare service. So offering care at a distance is also important factor. So you might look for, and this is what happened. People might, people actually looked for falls prevention, care at a distance, and they found people from Royal district nursing service. And this, this was a good thing in that they gave them good positioning and they were found by the mining company. And ultimately, whether they do or they don't take up the collaboration or the opportunity to collaborate or discuss is up to them. But that's how keywords might relate, might give you an opportunity to work in a field that you might not immediately connect because of the way other people use keywords. That's also important as well that you understand certainly what it is you're hoping to attract, but that also that other people might use your keywords in a different way than you expect. In terms of finding partners, uh, what Dr. Emily Vestige did was try to meet a lot of her LinkedIn connections as she made them. So there's no rules or recommendation that says you shouldn't accept connection requests from people that are essentially strangers on LinkedIn. You might decide that you want to know more about the person. So I would encourage you to look at their profile if that's one of your criteria for success look at their profile before you accept their connection request but to me accepting a connection request is essentially like saying yes i'm happy to talk to you um, after you've presented at a conference and essentially you know putting your profile up on linkedin is a bit like presenting or being present at a conference and gives people the opportunity to come and chat with you and so what emily did was to go and talk to try and make an effort to talk to all of her connections in real life so that was either by having a face-to-face -face meeting or by having some kind of zoom conference where she could chat to her her new connections and find out more about them and in turn have them find more about her so that might be something that you consider doing as well. 
in terms of projects, so Dr. Greening, after we worked with him at the La Trobe Institute for Molecular Science, he started posting more regularly on LinkedIn, but also started putting up more of his scientific expertise, which he didn't realize was an opportunity for him. And um, he had a real opportunity come to him. So within three months, he had a collaboration, a new collaborative offer that came to him around a new project that included funding for both people and materials. And so by putting up his expertise, he was able to demonstrate the kind of work that he was capable and willing to do. So one of the things that's really important um, is to, to bear in mind is that we don't want to just put up stuff that we've done in the past because we've done it in the past. We want to put up stuff that we've done in the past that relates to the future that we want. So if you've done a piece of research work, but you don't want to continue to do that work anymore, I would consider not putting it or not sharing it heavily on LinkedIn, mainly because if you don't want to get a track known for that, then um, by putting on LinkedIn, you will get known for it. So I'd avoid doing that. Whereas if there was a smaller component or something that you want to do in the future, but you haven't done yet, you might share your views on that technique or your views on that approach or what, how you think that might be useful. Um, and again, that would get you known as someone who's interested in those activities. Um, so in terms of modifying your profile and um, doing updates and things to your profile, so generally I wouldn't share any profile changes or profile updates. So previously LinkedIn forced you to make a decision on that. Um, and increasingly now it doesn't do that. But if, if you have a look at your profile, so if you click the top right there where it says me, go to settings and privacy, um, and then there's a thing here, share job changes, education changes, and work anniversaries from your profile. Generally speaking, that's not the kind of thing that you'd want to see from other people. So I would say I wouldn't share it myself. Uh, but if you want to share those things, go for it. But like I said, my view is that that's generally not the kind of content that you want to share. And that's the kind of stuff where you see, oh, so-and-so got a new job and they, you know, basically you've changed it in your profile and then LinkedIn puts it up into your feed, but it turns out the person hasn't been on LinkedIn for six months and they changed their job, you know, 12 months before that. So it's an 18 month old change that LinkedIn's now telling you about. So that's why some of those things are not valuable. If you're looking for work and you make all these changes to your profile, then that can, and that might not be the kind of thing you want to raise with your boss or other work colleagues. And so again, by turning these kinds of things off, you reduce the chances of that happening uh, outside your control. So the main area to focus on if you're just starting out is to have a good summary. Um, and that's got to have keywords that relate to how you want to be found and the kind of work that you'd like to do. Uh, so like I said before, that should have um, the, the roles of the people that you would like to work with. So they could be, like I said, research managers, project managers, it could be um, other researchers, other scientists, neuroscientists, biologists, botanists, biochemists, cancer biologists, whatever it is, that, or whatever the role title that you think is important and that people would, and the keywords that would people would use to search for your profile they should be in your summary in a coherent way. Don't just list a bunch of keywords, include them in, in your summary. 
So the summary section to find that again, click on the, uh, if you, you know, log into LinkedIn, click on the bit that says me, click on the bit that says view profile. Um, and then you'll get something like this. Then you click the little um, edit icon. Um, and then down, you can see down the bottom, make sure share profile changes, make sure that's off. Again, I'm pretty sure that's disappeared now, but just in case it is there, make sure it's off. And then the summary is just there and you can edit that straight away. The easiest way to edit your summary is to type up a document in Microsoft Word and then copy it and paste it into this section. Um, you've got, I think, a 2,200 character limit there. So you can know that in Microsoft Word and make sure it's the right. It also allows you to do a bit of funky formatting that you can't do natively in LinkedIn, but we'll happily copy and paste from Microsoft Word. So that formatting includes things like bulleted lists and indented lists, and they make it much easier to, um, to write. If you're uncertain of how to set out a summary, feel free to check out mine. So you can see I've got a bit of a quote there. Then I've got um, some of my motivation. Then later on down, I have the kinds of people that I work with. So their role titles, the organizations that I've worked with. So I name some more clients. Um, and then I've also got um, the kinds of things that I will do with the clients. And then I've also got contact information. So although you can have your contact information in LinkedIn and you can share, you know, you can have that as a contact button and you can determine how that's shared. I also put it into the summary to make it easy for people to find that information if they don't know how to um, find it. The next thing to do is make sure your profile looks relatively attractive. Um, so that starts with um, things like photos. So you can see I've changed my profile relatively recently. So I've got a different headshot and a different um, banner shot that mine is with where I'm wearing the orange tie. And you can see, well, I hope you can see that it's all congruent with the same kind of brand. It's me in a shirt and a tie with a lapel pin. And sometimes you can or can't see a pocket square in there as well, but it, it needs to represent whatever you, the brand that you are represents. So if you're a scientist, your um, profile picture might be you in a lab coat like the one that you saw earlier of David Greening. Um, and that, that the, the banner picture might be you in the research lab, uh, if you're a wet lab scientist, or it could be you in the field, or if you want to get known for speaking, then it might be you speaking to at a conference, or it might be you in front of a poster presentation or something like that. But you need to put you in a professional context. Um, so clicking on these individual pictures will allow you to edit them uh, and upload a new one. So by clicking that edit button or the top right edit button there as well. And then you can edit all of those sections too. So as you can see, one thing that's worth noticing is the headline. So that will be automatically taken. Um, so the headline is just there, that will be automatically taken from your current role title unless you want to take it and make it different, which is what I've done. So it's useful to change that. Some people, if they're looking for work, put that in the headline. And like I said, because people use LinkedIn as a search engine to search for people, no one searches for someone who's looking for work. So those are ultimately wasted words. But if someone's looking for a molecular biologist or looking for a neuroscientist, then these are the kinds of things that you 
those are the kinds of things that you put up there. So um, you've built your profile. The next thing is to get noticed. So what do you need to do to get noticed? Well, um, you can do things like write an article and I highly recommend writing an article as a way to get noticed. It's probably the best way to get noticed and you just click on the link and you can start that and I'll go through that in a bit more detail. The next easy, the next best thing to do, but certainly the easiest thing of anything to do is to like comment or share someone else's post. And now LinkedIn allows you to do more than like there's, um, there's interesting, there's good idea. There's a bunch of other ones in there. So you might choose to put something different other than just like, um, if you feel quote unquote brave, I don't think you need to be brave to comment, but if that's what you feel you need, then, you know, you can comment on people's posts and that's a really good way of engaging people as well. And social media is meant to be social. Uh, and you know, having a conversation is part of being social. So I'd encourage you to comment on other people's posts as well. Then you can see there the My Network section. For That's where all of your new connections come in. Obviously, make sure you're regularly checking that. And that might be for some people, you know, just daily or for other people, it might be weekly. Uh, but certainly go in there and check it. If anyone, so you both of you have connected with me on LinkedIn, you would have seen the way that I respond to people on LinkedIn. There's always a message. There's always thanks for connecting. There's always an offer of help, however, that, whatever that might look like. And you might choose to do something similar as well. Um, if you wish, you can create that as a, you know, a canned bit of text. That doesn't mean that it's insincere. It just means that anyone who reaches out to you gets the same level of service. And that's, again, that's a bit like meeting someone at a conference. If someone said to you, hi, how are you going? I really loved your research in um, cancer diagnostics you'd say, oh, really great, you know, what did you particularly like? Or you might say, awesome, did you want to collaborate? Or you might ask them, what specifically did you like about the cancer diagnostic work that I do? So um, obviously being active is part of growing your network and asking people to join as well as accepting the joining the network. The next two things are messages. So um, sending and receiving messages, uh, so there's certain types of messages that are only paid services within LinkedIn. At this point, I would say you don't need to pay for those. And then notifications are where people have interacted with your posts or where they've interacted with posts that you have interacted with. So if you take this page, for example, I commented on um, Nathaniel's post and then now I get notifications that say other people commented or that other people replied to my comment or that they liked my comment. So going back to where we started writing an article. So if you click that, write an article, you'll get this. And then, so you can drop a picture in there that makes it look pretty. And I would encourage everyone to put a headline picture for their article. Then where it says headline here, um, of, that's your, the title of your article. Uh, and then obviously you just type in here. Um, the good thing is you can copy and paste text from a text editor such as Microsoft Word, or if you've already written it on another site, you can copy and paste it from there. I would, if you're going to, a great place to start for articles for researchers is perhaps an opinion piece on the kinds of research that you're doing. Um, it's okay to write your opinion. Don't be scared that someone's going to shoot it down. Don't be scared that you're going to be trolled. To be honest, if either of those two happens, it means that people care enough to comment and that is much better than, um, than silence at all. So um, 
Yes, any any publicity is good publicity, I think, in some cases. Obviously, there are limits and there are exceptions to that rule, but I think for the most part, um, getting publicity would be a good thing off one of your posts. But I would strongly discourage um, copying and pasting scientific content in here, mainly because I don't think the LinkedIn audience, even though there might be, there are other scientists on LinkedIn, I don't think the overall LinkedIn audience is heavily scientific. And in most cases, if people are scientific, if you link to your article, that's a much better way than, um, than trying to re repurpose an article for a LinkedIn post. In terms of the people page, your invitations, this is what that looks like. Um, you can see I've blurred them out because obviously the, this is all private information from other people. This is what this looks like. Um, so you'll get a list of people that have invited connections with you. And then you can see a bunch of people who might, who LinkedIn thinks you might want to connect with. And they give you, you know, things like how many mutual connections you've got, um, where they're from, what area they live in, etc. And it's up to you whether you choose to connect with these people. Um, you can click the connect button. I would always write a personal message summarizing why you want to connect. This is the messages area. So you can see this is the general kind of um, post that I will put to a person. I've got a few different types, but you can see, you know, um, dear name, thanks for connecting. It was nice to meet you, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and if you want to offer them something or ask them to catch up, I'd put it in there as well. Um, if you haven't got notifications set up, make sure you check this relatively regularly. Otherwise, messages can sit in here for a long time and not get responded to, and then you potentially have a reputation of not responding to your LinkedIn messages, which is perfectly fine if that's the kind of reputation that you're after. But if you're trying to get connections, maybe that's something that you don't want to do. And this is the notification section. Again, relatively straightforward. You get to see um, what people are posting in relation to your post. So this first one is where I commented and someone else also commented. So it let me know. Um, then one of my connections post is trending in this hashtag innovation. Um, and then I posted into a group called Australian higher education. Um, and you can see this person here uh, liked it. And that's the kind of notifications that you'll get. If you're regularly posting, you've got a good summary, you've got nice photos. The next thing you could do is to fill the rest of your profile in. Um, and I would probably, the reason I presented this last is because I think this is the, of all the things to do, this is the least important, but if you feel like this is what you want to do, this is how you should do it. So again, click on the me section, click on view profile, and then you'll get this opportunity to add a profile section and you'll be presented with a number of options. Um, so I'd first focus on the background, um, with the work experience and the education. Um, and again, if you use good keywords in those sections, that's where some of the search terms are pulled from. If you do a search on LinkedIn, um, if you want to do languages and translate your profile, you can do it in here as well. Uh, if you want to add skills and uh, sorry, if you want to add accomplishments, which I think is a really good place for researchers to put a lot of their information, you do it here um, in the publications sections and there's just here. And there's a project section as well that you can use to highlight the projects you're involved with. I think researchers should put their publications in LinkedIn. It's a good way of making sure you're connected to all of your collaborators and therefore 
increase the chance of visibility to them and, and then to their collaborators. So the way you do that is you can click on that accomplishments page or on your profile, scroll down to accomplishments, click plus, choose project or publication. Um, again, make sure that sharing the changes is off. Type your project name in up here, all of the relevant dates in here. And then put, if there's a project URL, you can put it there and then a description there. So this occupation is what you, the occupation you had at that time. And then don't forget to add in all the relevant team members to the project. Like I said, that's a good way of growing your connections. And then publication, similar thing here. You'll find that um, the publishers that are publishing scientific papers are on LinkedIn, so they'll be connected in there as well. Um, don't forget to add all your authors. The publication URL, if you wanted to, could be where they might download the paper from. And then uh, it's up to you. The easiest thing to do is to put the abstract in here, but I would look to put a more lay summary with some keywords that might be more likely to be found in this spot rather than just the abstract. And obviously you need to keep going regular posting, regular being regularly present on LinkedIn is the key to have people understand that you are the expert in whatever it is that you want to be expert in. And certainly for you to be regularly uh, noticed and for people to say, Oh yeah, Sonal's around, Nikisa's around, etc." So if we go back to where we started with David Greening and his success, so this is some of the advice that he said. So, um, you know, spend time building your profile. Um, make sure you make it easy to contact you. And like he says, update your profile, um, use the summary to provide an overview, indicate the direction of your research. Um, don't be afraid to post and publish to expand your profile, enhance connectivity with others. So you can see he doesn't spend a lot of time. I think this is really important, less than three minutes a day. Not a lot of time needs to be spent there. Um, and this is really important here. He grows at about 10 per scientific meeting. I think he's got more connections in this. So basically when you get in front of a room, whether that be a poster or a presentation, make sure you let people know you're on LinkedIn and um, ask to connect. And so, like I said, he has several opportunities um, to make money as a result. Also not to necessarily make money, but to have funded projects from LinkedIn. Are there any questions? No, I'm good. Cool. So some special offers. Do you have any questions for now? Uh, nothing for now. Yeah. Uh, not at the moment. I can't think of anything. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, some special you. offers. Mm -hmm. If you're interested. So we've got a LinkedIn for social media, uh, LinkedIn for researchers um, or for research translation. We've made an online program. So if you'd like access to that, you can let me know in the chat box or you can speak up and say, can I have access to that? I can send you the link to that. Um, that's normally $500. And if you ask for that, I can, it'll be a hundred dollars. Um, so let me know and I can send that to you. In 2020, the start of the year, I'm going to start a couple of group coaching programs. One will be for PhD students and the other for early career researchers uh, aimed, depending on whether you're PhD students or early career researchers, aimed at finishing your PhD and transitioning into the workforce and all the things that might be necessary for that as an early career researcher 
talking about establishing yourself, particularly facing challenges around leadership and management, you know, leading and managing both up and down. So as well as leading yourself and addressing some of the challenges that you might face as an early career researcher, trying to make your way um, in the workforce, not just an academic, but in the general workforce itself. So if you're interested in those coaching programs, um, again, just type into the chat box or let me know and I'll um, get in touch with you to have a longer chat about it. And finally, uh, I've written a book. I don't know, I can't recall whether you two have got copies of the book um, about working with, um, go on. Yes, I've, I've got a copy. You've sent yeah. me one, thank you. Oh, cool, yeah. Uh, and yeah, you got, you can, I can send you out a, another one. If you thought it was that good, you want to read two different ones, or if you think there's someone else who might benefit, you can let me know and I can refer it on to them. Sure. Sure. Um, in terms of what's coming up next, uh, next week, next Tuesday is Melbourne cup day. So I'll be taking the day off, but the week after, We'll be looking at building a website as a researcher and why you might do that and what some of the costs and processes involved might be. And I'm sure you'll find it's a lot more simple than you originally thought and certainly not as expensive as you might think. Uh, on the, the week after, we'll talk about resilience and how to um, build resilience and maintain resilience. Um, and then we'll talk about, and then if you want to do some catch up work, that'll happen. Um, online you can have a look at cv writing or changing streams um, and there's a whole bunch around social media as well that you could look at on the um, web page either richard dr richard heisman's.com slash events or dr richard heisman's.com slash category slash webinars but it's all relatively easy to find from the website are there any questions or comments from either of you two ah uh, no Okay, thank you. Um, I have a question, uh, yep. Richard. Would it be unprofessional if um, somebody has connected to me and then I um, basically thank that, you know, they were interested in connecting to me and ask if um, they want to collaborate or um, basically if they have a job? Um, if they reached out to connect with you, I would ask, I would say, thank you. Uh, if I can help in any way, please let me know. And then if you look at their profile, for example, and they're doing X, Y, or Z, you yes. might say, oh, I'm really interested in X, Y, or Z. Let's have a chat about it. I, but I wouldn't immediately ask them for a collaboration or for a job, but you could, right. you could engage them in further conversation about that. Sure. I think, yeah, view it like a conversation. If I came up to you and said, Hey, Nikisa, nice, nice to meet you. I saw your presentation earlier in the conference. I just wanted to come up and chat. Your response to me would be what? How would you um, respond to that? Would be welcoming. Yeah, I would yeah. be. Yeah, it's it's nice people coming and you know greeting you and all that. Yeah. So. And would you ask if I said that to you? Would you then straight away say, "Can I have a job with you"? <laughs> no. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so it's the same on LinkedIn, right? So they've come up and said, right. oh, I, 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 you know, essentially connecting means that, yeah, I've, I've liked you in some way. Right. Let's, let's continue to hang out. And then you can, you can ask them what attracted you to my profile or what, particularly if they haven't given you a reason, why would you like to connect and go from there? Okay. Yeah. What if I actually sent the uh, invite to connect and the person is perhaps like a, the CEO and they accepted the invitation, can I just sort of like use it as like advertising myself saying that this is my specialty? Um, are there any opportunities available in your organization or that's not good? Again, it's like, would you do that if the CEO presented a talk? and you were introducing yourself, would you say, hi, I'm Nikisa, I like your talk, can I have a job? Not in that way, but if I go to someone's presentation, yeah. um, I would explore their, if they have um, any opportunities, um, if I could be assisting them with something. Yeah, so I would offer that in maybe I would reward it not as I'm looking for a job, but I would probably word it in a way that like, can I help you with something? This is my expertise. And, um, you know, yeah. it just, um, I think I can do this and that. Um, but do you think that is still that's unprofessional well, or too? Oh, I think it's just quite pushy. forward. I would probably be more inclined. I'd be more inclined to say, "Hey, CEO of Organization X, I know this. You do ABC. I'm really interested in ABC. I'd love to connect." And so they would probably accept your connection request and right. do nothing more. That would be it, right? Okay, and then yeah. you might go if they if they do nothing more, then a week or two later, you might write to them and say. Hey, CEO, thanks for accepting my connection request. I'd love to talk to you about ABC. Right. Yeah. Okay. And then that's exactly the same as trying to, you know, the collaboration example that you gave before, I think. Anyway, that would be the approach that I would use. Okay. So just yeah. like do it in couple of kind of like. Yes. Okay. Sure. Thanks. Yeah. I think so. Thank you. A lot of these approaches and, and even sort of some generic templates are in the, um, are in the, um, the course online as well. Right. Thank you. Were there any other questions? No. No. Thank you so much, Richard. You're welcome. Thank you both. Thank you. You have a lovely day. You Enjoy too. the have sunshine. A good week, both of you. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye.